Okay, yes, but you also want to be able to get all the way in there with that. Yeah, but don't like, you want to get all the way no, in and then it, above it, the other dick? Don't you want like to get a, that dick on it's like, dick? It's like action. an old timey saw. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not think about that. That's a great idea. That's so it is funny. like an old. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, yeah. we've learned we a lot. Learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. And about Braden, too. Yeah. <laughs> Delete cookies. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two, episode 22. <laughs> Hell, let's start that over. <laughs> hey, folks. Hello, everybody. It's Welcome Kevin. to season two, episode 22 of Watch and Talk. Uh, this week, we watched an episode called Two, two Cathedrals. Cathedrals. I couldn't remember who was the two cathedrals. Um, I wrote it down. Honestly. <laughs> One of the cathedrals gets a lot more screen time than the other one. You really only have the one cathedral. It's like one and a half. It's cathedral. mostly just one cathedral. Wait, what's okay. the other cathedral? We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> follow up first, though, a couple things. Um, we talked about our astrological signs because of Sagittarius last week, and Jason's like, My sign changed. My sign changed. What? I, I thought I was a Virgo. I've been living my life as a virgin. Whoa. Dude, <laughs> you should fuck. <laughs> I have since then. Wow. Uh, it's good. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Leo, according to this now. Nice. I'm just sneaking Wait in a minute. Leo. Wait a minute. I'm big cat. I'm lion. Strong like lion. That's much better. <laughs> yeah, I know. All this time you've been buying the wrong uh, precious gems. I've been living as an introvert. <laughs> yeah. Now. You've been dating the wrong women. It's been <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So. Uh. That. I mean, Wait. Well, may, maybe oh, you all change. When can what, we go in, more into 9th. this? Okay. Wh what? July 9th And what do you think your sign is? Mine's Cancer. Uh. Which is the worst? It's like the crab. I'm the crab. Yeah. Not it's only also is a nope. horrible Gemini. <gasps> Wait. Whoa. 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 No. I don't believe you for a second. Hold on. New not days. only is July not June only is 21st cancer. to July 20th is Gemini now. Not only nice. is Cancer a bad disease, but crab. I'm not a great uh, no. yeah. traveling you're, you're companion. A Gemini either. now. What the fuck's a Gemini? I don't know. But I don't the know. twins. I'm bipolar. What's a? You're bipolar. I'm a Pisces. I'm twenty. February twenty six. February sense. twenty. Uh, Aquarius. No. What the fuck? <laughs> so, hold on. Are hold you guys, on. Hold on. Am I the only one who kept up with the news? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> You've all. We've all been living lies. Yeah. Look, you First guys have of to all, fix your Google alerts. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've never been. So upset about something that I think is complete bullshit <laughs> before. But first of all, I'm a fucking Pisces, which means absolutely fucking nothing. No. Pisces till I die. Hold on. Look up something else. You're, you, I want a new website. Also, you I find think, a new hey, website. Man, I'm on quantumstones.com. Oh, oh, no. I trust everything that's about legit. this. But quantum, it's like maybe in another world, I'm a different, I have a different astrological state. Yeah. I mean... I've like been living my whole life with a diseased name as my <laughs> like horoscope thing or whatever. My You're better. Your twins so are, is nice. Are you in remission? No. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about this shit. And all I know is that cancers are worriers. And I am a worrier. Let that worry go. You don't have to worry Gemini. anymore. It's just so part of me now. But this makes me think if I've been living a lie, like yeah. I became a worrier because I thought I like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Chicken or the egg? Oh, I'm having a real existential crisis yeah, right so, now. <laughs> uh, so also, since the last time we talked, it's been like a month. Um, Roy Moore did lose. Oh, so how about that? That's amazing. We I were all convinced. I predicted he was going to win. And we were I'm all sorry, convinced. I'm sorry, he, that's still being litigated? No, he, uh, like, they certified it. Oh, did he cave? All right, they cer well, no, I don't think he caved, but they certified it. And the other guy got, got He's knocked. He's been sworn in. Okay. Sworn in, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. good. 
Um, and uh, wait, wait, was that that was because uh, the, Mr. Moore's claiming voter fraud? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In a state run by Republicans, the voters did and, the fraud. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, I talked about last time about how I uh, meant to fill the like gaping hole in my life by purchasing a lot of glassware, and guess what? It worked. Oh. I got my glassware, and I'm feeling great. <laughs> it is awesome. excellent glassware. I, I'm a Leo. I'm a yeah. We're drinking coffee Look out of the this. coffee maker now. New you, Eric. New me. I'm making uh making drinks and batches. Oh, we're, it's we're great. <laughs> We're back to talking about filling gaping holes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough of that. Okay. I also just want to point out to our listeners that if if this recording feels off today, it's because Jason and I uh, switched seats. He would not. <laughs> he chose the wrong seat, and Elise informed him of it, and yeah. he refused to budge. He took my seat. He would not budge. So yeah. our configuration's different. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the little, vibe feels off. Yeah, it feels off. Our it, feng shui. Yeah. Now when I look to the left, it's Brayden, which is terrifying. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. So getting into the episode, we had previously on was spoken by Josh. I went and did a little bit of a uh, little bit of math. So the leaderboards for the season, Leo and CJ tying for first place with six previously Ooh. ons each, Ooh. and Sam with four after that. Um, this is Josh's first of this year. Wow, so he slacking. got in there. Really they slacking. never have the president say previously on. Oh. It's interesting. It's yeah. the office. There's a yeah. Donna, there's a CJ, there's a Charlie. There's you can't a Toby. live in the past when you're the president. You got to move forward. They need a Margaret CJ. Yeah. Has she ever done it? I don't think so. I feel like jo- I did notice that Josh did it. I usually don't notice. And I felt like it was weird. Well, yeah, because he only did the one. Yeah. It's the first one. Uh, so previously on MS, a little bit of Haiti and Miss Landingham is dead. She died. So we start off, it's in Leo's office and they are kind of leaking the news of the MS story to party people, you know, party people in the house. <laughs> I actually really like these party guys. They're like very uh, old timey, like political machine guys. Real party guys. Yeah, they're really funny. That's uh, Harry and Bill. Is that their name? That is their name. They're very worried about like the political liability that the president is going to be. This is what the campaign's going to be about. You can have Democrats telling the president, don't come to my district. I got troubles enough. And your campaign never gets out of the rose garden. Yes. And we're running without a standard bearer. And I don't like being the first one to say it, but I'm going to. I think the president has got to strongly consider not running for re-election. You think you're the first one to say it? Leo. You are, at minimum, the 35th in the last two hours. I thought Leo's delivery of that line was fantastic. Um, yeah, well, f- I just want to say all this fucking episode, man. All the lines. It rules, right? Uh, there's, <laughs> it's really, it's powerful. The acting is really wonderful. Um, everyone hits it. These guys, though, they're, they're concerned that uh, they think the Democrats have a lot of great policy positions to run on. They want to run on that versus the Republicans instead of making the whole campaign about this. Which I is think maybe kind of valid. I, think. I don't know. I'm thinking, do the Democrats win on their policy platforms? They haven't been winning on the policy platforms lately. And point. I'm, I'm thinking maybe uh, make it about this. This and is better it's than of, that. And it is kind of defensible in a way. Like the lying's not great, but the like, it's a private. Hey, he, yeah, he, personal like issue. Yeah, and he's like, it's not something that affects his job, and it's like, it's an easy choice. And if they're predisposed to liking the president already, it sure tag and along with it. Many people have similar conditions, or have people in their families with similar conditions. Yeah, maybe sure. sympathetic, understand that they too they could do a job. You know, they they're not completely disabled. Yeah, scene ends on like. Is the president going to run for re-election? And Leo's like, tune in tonight, <laughs> 8.30, NBC. And then they go straight into the credits from there. 
After that, there's a quick scene in the mural room, and Toby is kind of setting the stage for the interview portion. So remember, they've been discussing this for a while. They're going to do an interview and then a press conference. There's stuff about the lighting, about how they need to light them from outside the window because it's too harsh otherwise. And there's a thing about water placement. Picture of water, but keep it off screen. Uh, I would have said at the time, water placement. Who that cares could, about that, water that's placement? That's never going to be a thing in politics. Clearly, that is not an um, issue that anybody will ever bring up or care about. And there's been some a couple of famous moments of presidential level politicking water placement. So there was Marco Rubio doing the like response to the State of the Union where he famously like lurched off stage and had this like little tiny bottle of water. <laughs> Nothing has frustrated me more than false choices like the one the president laid out tonight. The choice isn't just between big government or big business. And I think that pretty much like ruined his political career. <laughs> That's I, he's a. A real slime ball, but that is the silliest thing to ruin a political career. He, 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 already he has was the, thirsty. He has the problem of seeming like a little boy in his dad's suit. <laughs> and then when he like reached and grabbed one of those like little half bottles of water. And, and like sort of there was like suction in his cheeks as yeah. he was drinking it. He like lifted it over his head to like drink. He's like, all right, come on. We all drink water. It's fine, guys. And then so Trump made fun of him a lot about that during the campaign. But just like three weeks ago, Trump had a thing where he had to drink water because he was getting dry mouth. <laughs> Trump too drinks water <laughs> like a child. Thirsty bitch. <laughs> um, and he, but he drinks it like a raccoon <laughs> with like two hands. <laughs> All of the like uh, photoshopping of that was so great. Like there's just so many good things. I just want to get in, uh, out ahead of the story and let everybody know I do not drink water. I never have and I never will. Thank you. I just like put it in like a big tall glass and then I like lick it until I can't reach the water anymore. That's normal. Right? I like a straw. Straws <laughs> are good. I don't like straws. Huh. Hmm. I, I wow. like a straw, but a lot of heated straw conversation today. But I don't like their impact on the environment. Mm, you get a metal straw. Paper straw. Yeah, paper straws are bullshit. They just oh, thank collapse. You. Thank you. I would. Somebody they, had to say. It. Yeah, they used to have them on like airplanes all the time, and I would be like so upset about that because um, I also used to like chew a straw as a kid. You can't chew a mm. paper straw. You guys used to chew lollipop sticks. Yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, kind of gross. Yeah, yeah and I did not do that. <laughs> not right. I never. I don't really get lollipops. It's like you want to, like sugar. You, you want to have a candy. But you want it on a stick? Eat a freaking candy, man. You want to eat Why do you candy have a, slower? That's a good look. Why do you need it on you a can, stick? You can seduce an it, older gentleman. It's like you take a <laughs> or a younger they gentleman. Take a, it's like you take a Jolly Rancher. You just put it on a stick. Just eat a Jolly Rancher, buddy. Yeah. No, but let's say you you want to minimize the 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 dissolve time. It's too, maximize the flavor. You think a Jolly Rancher is too flavorful? No, it's, a, it's a cool look. It's like having a toothpick. <laughs> it's a cool in look. Is it yeah. is it an aesthetic choice? You think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little dum dum. Yeah, sometimes after, after uh, Sunday school, I'll be wearing my my short shorts mm -hmm. and my little fancy shirt and my yeah. little curly hair, and I'll have a big lolly. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you like root beer. It's a good look. I love how you wear that little the hat with the the propeller on it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little bow in my hair. Yeah. Do you remember those chupa chupa chews? Yeah, those are good. Chupa chup. The ice cream flavored ones. Those were the best lollipops Chup ever. No, do not. Chupa. Chupa. So Sam says, maybe we shouldn't do this. Has anyone considered whether or not he's up for this? Up for this? 
I mean, some stuff has happened. Since. CJ gave it to the network. We're pretty much locked in. So Sam keeps coming back to that though. He's he has second thoughts about this. CJ shuts him down. Is that not this scene? That's, this no, he does. It brings it up later okay. with CJ. Um, so there's a couple notes about the kind of the scheduling of stuff. They thought they were going to have all day to prep, but this funeral is now taking place for Miss Landingham. Thanks a lot, Mrs. L. So they have a very limited prep times just after the service to get the president ready for his interview. And they still don't even know what the actual decision is yet. And there's a thing with ginger where Toby has a meeting that he told her to cancel, but Leo forced him to put back on his schedule. And we, we see later. So they set that up. Um, CJ and Carol real quick. There's a quick little side thing about seating arrangements on air force one. And it's like, these are like the outlets that are going to be brought back to be, told about the ms thing later but that's like their cover story uh josh comes up there's a update on tobacco and he shows cj this memo that leo had asked him to write when he said like let's light a fire under him last week and this administration won't sit on the bench while well-fed members of the appropriations committee choke off funding for a lawsuit aimed at perpetrators of hundreds of thousands of negligent homicides while filling their campaign war chests it's fiery i guess he does light a fire under them um cj thinks it's far too much just tone for the moment like it's not going to get covered and well but she likes it she likes it she looks off into the dish and says oh this is the kind of fire we used to light in the primaries yeah like, oh this is nice back but when it, back in the day when but we it used kind to of, it's kind of that time again though it's like yeah but you know josh says uh let's let bartlett be bartlett cj points out it's really not the time for that we may just like we, yeah, may, we like, may have hey, to put that away she's like hades gonna get pushed down to the like international section or something right well because she's thinking about the the ms is all gonna be overshadowed so there's not really yeah it's a bad time for that not, not a good time there's a moment where it's like have you seen him and they just the president is like the royal him which i think is an interesting little verbal tick they do in this and it's a weird it's all because they do that later in a scene they refer to an ambiguous him and it took me a while to figure out they were talking about the president is it in a uh, an area where other people can hear because there's a lot of sort of speaking in code in order to not get anyone's um, suspicion. I think it was just CJ and Josh in the room, hmm. but it's just like he's like the default person in their conversations. But everything is all all the conversations in this episode are weighted. There's a lot of subtext. Every everything is so mm-hmm. heavy. It's very funereal. You know, it's not only is this has, has Miss Landingham died, but I think also the funeral this. scene is really funereal. Yeah, well, <laughs> even before and after. Yeah. So the Roosevelt rooms after that, it's Sam and some more like random dim strategist people. They all are kind of talking about the options if the president does not decide to run. Why are we assuming it's Hoynes? Please. No, why are we assuming it's got to be Hoynes? You don't think Wedland's going to get into it? Hutchinson, South Gillette? Please. Gillette's lucky if he carries his immediate family. It's Hoynes. It's Hoynes. And they mentioned Seth Gillette again. Oh, which is Seth Gillette. Yeah, Gillette Ed- couldn't even get his family members to Yeah, they kind of drag on him a little. But the real clincher for Hoynes is he's just the best fundraiser right, the party's ever seen. Right, that's the only seen. thing yeah. that matters, yeah. it seems. Hoynes is the only one who put together the money this fast. He's the most successful fundraiser the party's ever had. I mean, it is, I think, still because how Because how else could those consultants get paid? Right, they're going to get their media they budgets. They can't have a good yeah. fundraiser. Okay, um, here now, Sam gets very angry. Though, obviously, it'd be easier if Hoynes was running as an incumbent. Okay. Sam. Thanks. No, it was an inappropriate. When I say okay, that's it. Close your notebooks. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. The, the guy says things would be a lot easier if Hoynes was an incumbent. 
implying that he, that Bartlett should resign. Oh no, no, he's saying. I think he's saying that it would have been better if Bartlett never ran. No, I think the implication is he, like but, but the strategy here should be not only that he's not going to run, but that he resigns, oh, so that Hoynes is the incumbent. I think either way works though, and Sam takes like maximum offense of that. You don't talk like that here. I don't give a damn whose nephew you are, Tony. President Bartlett's not a candidate. He's the president. Like he's like a fail nephew. <laughs> he's like I don't care who your uncle is, pal. Cross the line. Yeah, do we know who this short. guy's uncle is? They don't mm-hmm. say. Okay. So that's why it wasn't clear to me what he was getting upset at. Yeah, he's saying like president like should not be president currently. Like, um, so we don't talk the, like that here. They cut down to the situation room after that. There's a quick update on Haiti. It sounds like things are like relatively under control there, but they're still like kind of in response mode. And they do like a 180 pan around the president, and he's kind of spacing out. So they had this whole thing about how the president could be like spacing out in meetings because of his ms <laughs> and then he, like the next episode he's like totally spacing out and like i did not get i don't think that's a, a symptom of ms <laughs> like just like thinking about reflecting on past mistakes <laughs> yeah vivid memories of so they do this like um i think they're really good about it in the most part except for this first crossfade because they go it's like a flashback and they kind of do these like transitions of like a line will trigger a flashback or something. But like, I don't understand what the triggering mechanism is in this first one. Cause there's just like, he's hearing like the church bells right in the, in the flashback, but that's yeah, not but something no that analogs bells. in the new one or there's no lines that I even remember. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, they, wait, they, but, they flashback before the flashback. Yeah. I just wrote here. And this is just like a simple scene that we see in the in the war room or whatever all the time in this show. But I just wrote like, I just cannot imagine Trump taking a meeting like this. And he takes them all day, every day. Obviously, that's what the president does. But like, I can't, I, I just have such a hard time like imagining that man like taking I a briefing like- and, and, and like people like looking to him to make, to say something and to make a decision. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure he like makes crazy suggestions all the time. I think there's probably more tailoring of what is said in front of him because you don't want to say like, oh, you know, if we were feeling real crazy, like we could do this, but obviously we're never going to do that. Like he'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and he'd probably ask a bunch of like really dumb questions of like, why don't we just invade them like constantly? And they're like, oh, you know, we can't do that, you know, because like this, I don't know. I, it, I, I, it seems I, like he would not be well suited for that. I just could not help throughout this episode i mean obviously throughout all these episodes but this episode is so heavy and i just kept on thinking about our current president and just imagining him in this role in this episode and it just doesn't work okay so flashback and did you guys catch that the uh, the kid was young jed because they said the name jed about 45 yeah. times at the beginning <laughs> jed 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 your father's calling you jed didn't you hear me calling you? <laughs> it's like everybody's just screaming his name at him. It's so weird. Um, this is I, where they establish that he's very hard of hearing. <laughs> yeah, because it does happen again. She's calling his name, Jed, 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 in a later flashback, and he does not hear. So, uh, yeah, this is a genetic it's issue. It's an ongoing problem <laughs> for him. Uh, so his dad is calling him over to the uh, first of the two cathedral steps, um, and his dad is Lawrence O'Donnell. Oh my God! From yep. MSNBC, from the news, Lawrence so- with Lawrence O'Donnell. <laughs> so this explains uh, where what Lawrence O'Donnell first did with his time machine was to father. 
uh, the president. Don't you think this was a missed opportunity? They could have had one of his sons play his father. So like they, a, they play him. A Charlie. Yeah. No. Oh, play. they're too old at this point. <laughs> right. Amelia Westervet can play young. So. A <laughs> <laughs> boyish look to him. He, isn't he in the uh, Brat Pack? I, um, I wanted to know who the, uh, who the actors are. The young Jed and the young Mrs. Landingham. Yeah, so he meets because uh, they look they they're they're good they they yeah they really they do feel especially the Miss Landingham does a oh, great she does, impression she's wonderful so yeah uh, but I thought both of the the actors really felt like the characters mm-hmm. yeah so the thing he calls them over for is that the janitor or whatever found a cigarette in the chapel. People shouldn't put their cigarettes out in the chapel, Mr. Spence. Well, people shouldn't be smoking in the chapel, I think, is my point, Jed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Could you tell your friends, please? Yeah. Then he introduces him to his new... What is Miss Landingham's like role? He's introduced in Miss Landingham. Mrs. Like Landingham. A secretary there. He's like, is it his secretary though? Because she spends dad's. most of her I time with him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's his dad's secretary. Or somebody yeah. on staff. Yeah, or why does he like that? I'd like you to meet is. my new secretary. Why would he Well, because he works like he yeah. does like work study or whatever and I school. think that was back in the age though when like your secretary was like When you really around. showed off your secretary, like, hey, check out yeah. my secretary. Yeah. Like, nice. I'm gonna be cheating on your mom with this. Nice piece, Pop. <laughs> and they fall in love at first sight. I think so. <laughs> they don't even say each other's name. They just like lock eyes and yeah. like, start s- smiling and smoldering at each There's other. Something there. Um. So this this actor, the young Jed, is called Jason Widener. What else has he been in? Um, he's known for the 2007 film The Comebacks and the 2001 film. Asylum Days. I don't know either of those films. Hmm. He also appeared in The West Wing. Right. Holy shit, he's 44 years old now. The kid? Want to feel old? Oh. So he was, what, like 25 when when he played like a 16-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. He does have a young look. He was also... Oh, uh, this is great. This is a great detail. He was in one episode of The Gilmore Girls as the tree guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, the tree guy. Yeah. You're, you don't know. <laughs> the tree guy. And um, I think, I believe he was also in another show as also as the tree guy. Was, who's Miss Lanningham? Now, Miss Lanningham is actually someone we know. She's been in stuff. She's really she's, familiar. She, right. She is. She's from Psych. Uh, Love Psych. It's, uh, again, it's a good show. Listen to our Psych podcast. Psych, Psych, Psych. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. She's really great. That, uh, her name is Kirsten Nelson. What else has she been in? She was in the entire run of Psych. She's a big character in that. Kirsten or Kristen? Kirsten. Kirsten. I wonder where, how, when you're a parent, you're, you're thinking of the names. It's like, well, I'm going to go with the Kirsten. Dartboard. Um, <laughs> more recently, weird. she was in Psych the movie. It's not a Psych movie. It's a TV movie. <laughs> Came out last year. Um, she's, what? she's appeared in one episode of NCIS New Orleans, an episode of Bones. Ooh, one episode her, of St. George. Did they put her in the Psych video game? She was in... <laughs> She was in Parenthood. She was in Ghost Whisperer. She was in, ooh, Aunt, the Ant Bully as Hova, generic ant. <laughs> she played Jay-Z. So every, time, <laughs> every time you say, ooh, it's something that no one's going to know. <laughs> um, she was in Ally McBeal. She was in two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, one of Boy Meets World, one of Just Shoot Me. She's been everywhere. All right. Okay. So we the flash- Untouchables, The Fugitive, okay. Baby Stay Out. 
<laughs> so uh, we flash back forward, and they show the president tapping his cigarette on the table. It's kind of like a close-up shot. So a little clue. Ooh, yeah, foreshadowing. the cigarette has a big role in this episode. The cigarette mystery. Yeah. And uh, the Haiti meeting wraps up, and he leaves. He starts talking to Charlie, talking about how a storm's a-brewing. What do you know about this storm? The one it's moving from Florida to South Carolina? Yeah, it's supposed to be bad. It's a tropical storm. Yes, sir. No, I mean it's been designated a tropical storm. That means it has a surface wind speed or something. Yes, sir. President thinks it's kind of anomalous. Isn't it strange to have a tropical storm in May? I'm not certain. I'm pretty sure there's a season and this isn't it. It's interesting because it seems like the storm question is weird. Okay, it seems out of place like the, in a way. The plot? No, no, I'm just saying when you first come upon the scene and he's talking about the storm, it's curious. You're like, why is he talking about the storm? And it's hard to tell if it's of significance or if it's just like throughout this episode, well, remember a the lot of the characters just say things. And mm -hmm. it's like the things that they say don't actually have any meaning. They're just they're just they're just saying things like yeah, they don't know a lot of random dialogue like they don't know what to say. So it's it's not clear at first if this is one of those like just filling space. But it actually has some uh, some significance. We'll later find out. And also remember the president is a weather wizard. Ah. Whose feelings are controlling the weather. Yes. And this is like maybe the most blatant version of that. They mentioned that the motorcade to go to the funerals here. The funeral is going to be at the National Cathedral. I did quite a bit of reading about the National Cathedral. It's interesting. It's the second largest church building in the United States. Oh. Cathedral. What's um, the first? New York City, baby. Hey, Cathedral yeah. of St. John the Divine. Love it. It's in like, uh, it's like north of Central Park, mm -hmm. but it's that's the largest one. We could do a field trip. We could go to the largest cathedral in the United States. Oh, that sounds f something. Sure. Um, they said that you could lay down the, the Washington the, the monument, monument inside of it. And Charlie knows that. You know, you can lay the Washington Monument down on its side in that church. I did, actually. Here, you know, the, the president says another line like, We should try it. The way he delivers it, it's like, he, where is his head, you know, Charlie, under, and Charlie doesn't respond. He just ignores the comment. So some stuff about the National Cathedral. Uh, it took 83 years to build. They started building it in 1907, huh. which seems later than you would expect for something like that. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt was at the foundation laying ceremony, uh, and it wasn't finished until 1990. Whoa. Which is crazy. Well, they, they, they build it in the traditional style? I think that's what the idea was. And there was a lot of like, during the war, they couldn't build it at all because it was like it took things that people needed or it took the craftsmen. I don't know. Huh. But it, it was delayed many, many times. Some major services there, like the Ronald Reagan state funeral was there. Oh, great funeral. Uh, there's a few Classic other. Classic funeral. <laughs> there was a uh, Lee Jackson stained glass window controversy and they took them down oh hell yeah it seems like a really historic building but it's actually not that old it was only finished like 30 years ago which is kind of insane uh charlie asked the president if he needs anything and the president says pallbearers do you, is that something that's sorted out like day of usually it, i don't think so well i mean there's usually well, not a ton of time when you things. see later the pallbearers are like this the staff that we plus all that two, we all know plus and love. two random people. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. So I just thought we have them. Yeah, we've got them. Well, Charlie just asked the first like five guys he saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so there's a CJ press conference real quick, and uh, Jane, Jane Lynch, Lynch. She's asking a question about something. The fact that the OAS has passed a resolution allowing you to explore military options mean you've exhausted the diplomatic ones? Uh, so they had to move the press conference, they said. They were going to do it in the East Room, but they can't because there's going to be a... Um, Asbestos. There's asbestos that they discovered, and they're working on it. If you or anyone you know has come down with mesothelioma. <laughs> the White House is entitled to that settlement money. Mm. So CJ then is talking to the reporters quickly after that. She starts like leaking the story. She's like, you got to hold this for three hours, and they close the door, and they don't really show anything. After that, the Oval Office, the president's talking with some financial advisors. The markets are apparently going to crash as a result of this announcement. I don't know what to say. Leo's pretty rich. Maybe you can buy some tech stocks and jack up the price. Leo can buy a bunch of stocks. He'll prop up the market. <laughs> and that, that's what they're talking about. So like, because one of the guys is like, oh, everybody's there's going to be more sellers than buyers. Yeah. So they're, they're just selling out of yeah, fear. Yeah, it's, it's going to create uncertainty. Right. And I've, I've, this doesn't seem like a financial crashy situation. Cause, no. I don't know. But it, no, it is in the sense that it's like a, an instability thing. Yeah. So it's just like, who's going to... Now it's a contested election, when, whereas prior everyone thought it was... Presume that Bartlett would get a second term. Right. Don't you think sometimes, though, with like when the stock market fluctuates in that way, it is like a self fulfilling prophecy? They think there's going to be instability, so they sell a bunch of stocks and it crashes and well, creates like, instability. Right. But it's, it's like if you're already up and you don't know, it's hard to predict where it's going to go, you might as well sell, you know, for a profit and then just see where it goes. Yeah. And once you sell, then it's like volatility. I guess. It just seems like it's sort of a vicious circle. <laughs> Yeah. And as they're talking, the door shoots open kind of out of nowhere, and the president goes out to talk to Charlie about it. Do you have any idea why the door to the portico keeps swinging open? It's a little annoying. They're replacing the latch. It's swinging open from the wind. But the door opens out. When the right sequence of doors are open in the building, there's a wind tunnel into the Oval Office. No kidding. Apparently, it's because there's some like wind tunnel effect from like a sequence of doors closing or something, but it seems spookier than that to me. You think yeah. this is true? It's a ghost. What's that? You think that the a certain sequence of doors opening will blow? I open think that's the... science's explanation for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I mean in the, in the actual White House. Oh, do you think this happens? Do you think it's possible? Probably not. Well, they said the latch is broken too, or mm. some bullshit. Um. I don't know. I thought there was an interesting framing of that. So he comes out to the office, right? Like to talk to Charlie. And when they, when he's asking that question, he's like, what's opening this door? There's like Miss Landing Camp's empty desk is in the front mm-hmm. of the shot. And later this comes It's back. obviously her ghost. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a go, 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 go ghost. Oh, <laughs> I don't, I didn't pick up on I that. I think that I remember like another time when the door opens the door to the oval office is closed though or it looks like it might be oh closed. yeah it is because she yeah, comes in she comes in so, yeah or her ghost definitely a ghost. her sassy little ghost <laughs> <laughs> so then uh margaret comes in to like tell them that the uh motorcade is ready for them and has some very natural and normal dialogue that makes total sense in the context is the first lady meeting us in the car yes it's a non-denominational service like something like, are, is the car ready? And she's like, yeah, the car, they're waiting outside. It's a non-denominational service. <laughs> like, Flashback. But like, what the, could they not work in that phrase know. at all? Like it was so out of nowhere. So uh, the easy way to do this, which would have dovetailed with, I think the question we maybe all thought about, I don't know, was 
how is it permissible to fund a federal government cathedral? <laughs> how is that not, not a violation not. Of, the, of the Establishment Clause? It's not. It's just called National Cathedral. Right. But so it's, it, like but the, it's non-denominational, right? It's so like the National Episcopalian Conference or something. Oh, it's... Wait. It is a... Church. It's Christian. It's, it's it's just non. It's a non-denominational it's a, it's cathedral. A, a, what's a, is it? Episcopalian denominational. It's Christian, right? I yeah, don't know. it's one of them. Yeah, I think it's one of the denominations. But the, yeah. anyway, there should have been a conversation about that, and then that would have led to that, right? But instead, there's just a random thing. Leo could have said like, "Oh, do you know who's giving the eulogy or something?" Yeah. It's, like, it's oh, non-denominational. It's, yeah. it's 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 father whatever. It's a non-denominational service or whatever. They could have said it, but she just says like the car's ready. It's a non-denominational service, and it makes no sense. But they flash back on the phrase non-denominational service. They do it actually on a coat flip, which is pretty clever. The president flips his coat and it covers the camera, and then like young young president's flipping his coat, and he's like, "It was not a non-denominational service." I can't believe people are that strict about that stuff. Hmm. What do you the mean? The non-denominational like. I, would you even pick up on that? I don't even know what the difference is between that. Because he's like he's picking up very specific phrases and they wordings. Like non-denominational, like it is good for all types of Christians. I know, but he's the things he's picking yeah. up on aren't uh, like Catholic. Super, they're subtle things. But no, I mean, he's like our. He's like Catholics don't say our Father, and like the guy said our Father. But later on, when he has this discussion with his father, who is a jerk. Or in the language Just of like the, the episode, a prick. <laughs> uh, the father's really pushing back. So it seems like the father is really wanting this Episcopalian. Well, I think the school is denominational. Right. Right. Because he's like, you're the only Catholic here. But like, he's a study of religion, even at that young age. I, you, these issues may seem silly to us, but that they were on the, the basis of the Catholic Reformation. Yeah. I mean, people change their beliefs you know based on is that these... when this flashback takes place i believe so this is martin luther <laughs> when is this i think it's like the late 50s yeah. early 60s we sort yeah. of figured out we've, we've we guessed that in roughly 2000 the president would be between 60 and 65 right so this he would have been born in like either 35 or or 40 or 45 rather mm-hmm. and uh and he would be like in high school in like the late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. Okay. It kind of sets up the uh, president's like fussiness with titles. Why do you call your father sir? This is going to be a whole afternoon of questions. Well, actually, you've been talking for quite some time. I'm sorry. Am I boring you, Dolores? Mrs. Landingham, please. He calls her Dolores, and she says, "Miss Landingham, uh, Dolores, if you nasty." <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of stuck with that his entire life. Uh, so they cut for they're on their way to the funeral. It's the president and the first lady. Um, they give an update. The, so the drunk driver is going to get charged with vehicular manslaughter. She seems to be pretty strongly pro don't run. Consensus seems to be that if you step back and put your support behind coins, it's a decent chance Democrats will keep the White House. She's not saying it explicitly, but she's talking about. But she's always been. Yeah, from the beginning the of the episode, right? That was their promise or whatever the deal they made. Yeah, but she's trying to make it like, oh, it seems like everybody thinks it's going to be a pretty easy run for Hoynes. Like, don't don't sweat it too much. This is something I kind of don't understand about this whole episode is that he never really talks to Abby about his decision to run or not. 
like he, obviously right. they've talked about it in the past and she has pretty strong feelings that he shouldn't and then he just makes a decision without her that's been a problem i don't know no yeah i, don't, yeah, I, I don't guess not so. but it's like way to like make it worse man <laughs> fix it before you break it again we gotta let bartlett be bartlett bartlett being bartlett is just bartlett being completely self-absorbed <laughs> Well, actually, I think Bartlett being Bartlett would be, and I think th this episode is trying to tell us, Bartlett being Bartlett would actually be Bartlett being kind of a jerk. But Mrs. Lindingham somehow opened up something inside of him, this episode is trying to tell us, it seems, and like made him into a good person. Or like focused him, kind of. Yeah. I think that's like, seems to be the entire point of these flashbacks. Like, he was a jerk, like his dad. And he didn't really care about any other people, anybody like in this next flashback, you know, he she's coming to him for like a week, he says, about this issue. And he's totally dismissive of it, even though he asks her for numbers. You know, he wants details. Then she comes back with the numbers. He's like, why are you talking to me, ladies? Like, yeah, well, you you said. I interpreted it more as a well. Let me set up. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're at the funeral. Uh, the building is very very big. Nice. It's, a, it's a big building. You could put another building in that building. So people filing in. They filled that room with fog. That must have taken what? hours <laughs> to get those like long shots where it's like blurt, like fogged in the background. Like it's and that's such a big space oh that like. God. They must have had gallons of fog juice. Oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, but it's I, just a subtle effect. Well, it but makes it like, like moody, right? It jumped out. Um, so we see a bunch of close-ups of familiar faces kind of looking sad and crying at the thing. Um, Margaret is wearing a hat that is spectacular. I don't remember. <laughs> a hat Margaret's at a funeral. It's, it's like a little like uh, beret. Oh, <laughs> Abby's also wearing like a Mad Hatter type hat as well. Hats are big. And the the priest guy comes up. Um, I think this is like fake Catholicism. That it's that's what Episcopalianism is. Okay, it's fake Catholicism. Okay, got it. Um, because he's wearing like all the robes and stuff. It's and very he's, similar. He's really high up too. He's like a story up on this like dais thing. Um, What's the like stick he's holding? It's called a stick. <laughs> prayer like, prayer stick. Like a God's, silver God's stick. <laughs> And then they flash back. Jed is doing some late 50s boy stuff. He's washing his canoe. <laughs> um, there's a couple of things. He's like, later he's like fixing his car. Like, what is his life? Is he washing his canoe? <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's hosing like, down a boat? I mean, he, like, barely. He's. I don't know what yeah, he's doing. He's living in a separate piece, <laughs> basically. Um, and then Miss Laningham comes up. Uh, and this is where they start the thing about, like, pay equity amongst the staff of the school. The women are paid less money than the men. No, I didn't know that. You think your father does? The math teacher doesn't make as much as the science teacher, the whatever, whatever, whatever. And look, he doesn't care at all. Is this really the best time for this? No, he's like, it, 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 it like sounds like a problem for those ladies. He is completely unconcerned with this at he all. Actually, he actually says, don't you have a husband? What does that have to do with anything? I'm saying, shouldn't you maybe go home when you're done with work? Don't you have a husband to get home to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he actually says that. Like, so, that's the thing he actually says. So I guess what hadn't happened yet... So Miss Lanningham's sons are still alive, right? Because if they died in Vietnam, and Vietnam wouldn't have happened yet, most uh, likely, right? Because this is like... Yeah. This would have been like very, right. very early days of engagement in Vietnam. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, I think that would have been an, a more... The timing didn't exactly work out character-wise, but that would have been a more interesting 
thing for her of like she lost her sons like recently and now she's like latching on to this other but teenage boy is like you're you're my son now i think this episode is more about his character development than hers yeah like she's gone we don't need any character development for her so yeah so he says this show me numbers thing numbers mrs landingham excuse me if you want to convince me of something show me numbers has he ever said that before it's not like a callback for anything i don't don't think i don't remember Later, she comes back. She's got the receipts. She gives him some really specific examples. She asks him to talk to his dad about it, and he considers it. And then he's like, "What the fuck are you like bothering me, old lady? Like, I don't give a fuck." And she's like, "I'm your sister now. <laughs> uh, give me your toys, and, and you're a boy king." Why do you talk to me like this? Because you never had a big sister, and you need one. Look at you. You're a boy king. You're a foot smarter than the smartest kids in the class. You're blessed with inspiration. You must know this by now. You must have sensed it. <laughs> Which is an interesting line. I thought that was just, it's evocative. And he likes that. He likes being flattered. <laughs> and then he finally, he's on board and he does this thing. You stuck your hands in your pockets. You looked away and smiled. That means you made up your mind. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, yes, it does. I stuck my hands in my pockets. And looked away and smiled. Is that a, is that a callback? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and she's like, that's, that's your tell, man. The thing you, that <laughs> You're famous, in now. Uh, I've known you for three days. That famous thing you <laughs> always do where you put your hands in your pocket. They love each other. Like they're, I think he, they would have dated in a different timeline. <laughs> Maybe. He, he well, was he was planning on it until she dropped the sister line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she brothers owned them. So then they flash forward. Uh, so the, those is kind of intermixed with the funeral. So that was like two or three scenes. And then there's the funeral. Charlie reads a prayer. Um, if if I die, don't just like say prayers. Don't read shit. a prayer. I was singing this care. too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what you're really supposed to say at, a, at an event like this. But I was thinking like, as I watched it, do, do people, how, what do you get from this? You go there and you listen to the same quote that you've re- heard yeah. or read all your life are you are, are they and it's all about some other person it's like, yeah it's like oh this lady died let's come together remember her and everything is like wasn't this jesus guy fucking rad is it just like easier i think it's easier like i think it's just that you're you know obviously very distraught and you don't want to have to like plan you don't have how to, to yeah do you it. just you're read just this shit doing like a preset like checklist no you of. you want to you it's like you have a human urge to honor someone to remember someone to do something to commemorate the feelings that you're having and this is like well, this is the this is the correct thing to do right. so you don't have they're to worry they're all wearing like the I right clothes enough? and they're holding the right right. scepter or meter yeah. yeah i think it's a meter it gives you it gives you a false sense of certitude that you did the correct thing but one could argue though that you might have a more cathartic and like more positive grieving experience if you came up with some sort of creative way to honor someone that well, was not like a preset. Yeah, a not, dance, not to mention. Yeah, not to mention the fact that you, along with this comes the belief that that person is being judged, right, and that right. that you have to make sure well, that you end up in the in same right place now. as them. Oh yeah, you're like writing references. For yeah. <laughs> Saint, yeah, otherwise Saint you Peter. will never see them in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. So built into it is like a retention mechanism. Yeah, I really just think it's so people don't have to like think about it too hard and don't have to confront their like bad feelings too much. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, watching it, I just felt like it just feels so empty to me. Here's some 
Yeah, Charles... dude in robes like maybe doesn't know her at all, and he's just reading some super old shit well, out I, of a book. I maybe get that of like, oh, we need to do the ceremony. Then Charlie goes up and he just reads. Like Charlie would have had something personal to yeah. say of like, oh, she she taught me it was okay to be weird. Well, what's funny <laughs> is, I think like Richard Dawkins or someone said that religion is the anesthesia of the masses, and that's I think exactly it's Karl Marx. Marx. Oh, is it Marx? Well, it was opiate. That? Oh, opiate. Oh. Maybe he said like some German word for opiate though, which is probably like opiate. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Well, whatever. <laughs> Analgesia. <laughs> it's it really does like numb people though into feeling any of their true feelings, especially in a time. But like that. This. But okay. So what's interesting? Let's take a step back and get meta. Though they wrote this right. This was a cop out for actually having to write something interesting. Sure. They're like instead of actually writing something interesting about how everyone feels about this character dying. Let's just do some bullshit service to like with play a, a bunch play of fast the religion aspect. That's like a theme in the episode. Um, so they show the pallbearers. It's uh, Josh, Toby, Sam, Charlie, and then two strangers. Couple of schlubs. They they frame it so that no matter what angle they shoot it from, you only see the faces you know. But it's like two. I, I like to think one of them is Calvin Hilly. They got him down. Um, Seth Gillette. And who's the other one? Yeah, Seth Gillette. That's true. <laughs> that seems like a stressful, high risk low reward situation being a pallbearer. It's like holding the Torah. You don't want to drop it. Yeah. And if you drop the Torah, you're fucked. Really? <laughs> yeah. On your bar mitzvah, you you're, have to carry the Torah. You're buried alive. You got to carry. That's literally what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's serious. Yeah. yeah. So after they show after the funeral, um, everybody's kind of filing out. Um, the president's standing at the front. Leo comes up and says some weird shit. He's like, she's a real dame. She was a real dame, old friend. A real broad. Yeah. He's a, a real, real old broad. A real broad. A real so-and-so. But this is what I was saying earlier. Like, a lot of the characters real are just, like, saying shit. Oh, my God. And a couple times he says, like, that was a really nice service. And a lot then, of people and then, say that. And then he repeats himself. He's like, what a good service. That's so good. But like, it, seemed, it seems like they're sort of tr- using that as a way of easing into the, the much more important conversation with the president. It's like, yeah, Jed, that was, uh, that was beautiful. So, hey, about being president. Yeah. Uh, you made a decision? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the president first asked Leo to have the Secret Service clear the cathedral. And then we get a... Probably the most famous scene from all the West Wing. This great monologue of the president yelling at God. This is the most famous Latin? scene? I think so. Really? This scene is fantastic. Everybody loves it. It's <laughs> really? really? It's iconic. Ugh, I, I do not agree. You don't like it? I have d- this scene. I hate this really? scene. Really? Oh, it's wow. so like, powerful. No, I hate this okay, scene. How does this play for you? I feel the same way as Jason. I, I, want to, I felt like I had to give this scene the benefit of the doubt because it's um it's a narrative device but like i can't imagine this man actually yelling at god like that like a child you're a son of a bitch you know that she bought her first new car and you hit her with a drunk driver what is that supposed to be funny like that he thinks god is there like on the altar and like actually addressing him as a man and like that felt sort of childish to me. I wanted to give the character the benefit of the doubt and understand that this is just a way to show what he's feeling. But he is really, really religious. Like he does believe that. <laughs> right. Well, but no, maybe but, he, be- I, I, I don't Sorry. Go, go. Well, I was going to say that 
that sucks, right? So first of all, the, they rarely show <laughs> the president. For him. <laughs> they rarely delve into the, the the details of the president's faith, right? Like we sort of get the gist throughout certain episodes in the first two seasons that he's generally, you know, kind of considers himself to be a, a God-fearing man, but in a sort of generic presidential kind of deist founding father's way. But How now, shitty is it that being like caring about God is like described as God-fearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but that's my like, point. You're right? terrified of this being that you worship, right? Right. So, so, uh, and he thinks everything bad in his life is a result of some. Like he says, like, does that get me out of the doghouse? Yes, I lied. It was a sin. I've committed many sins. Have I displeased you, you feckless thug? Three point eight million new jobs. That wasn't good. Bailed out Mexico. Increased foreign trade. 30 million new acres of land for conservation. Put Mendoza on the bench. We're not fighting a war. I've raised three children. That's not enough to buy me out of the doghouse. Right. So is right. He, does he think he's... Right. Look at all this good shit I did. But, now but, nothing but bad should happen he, to but, me. But, he's like repenting. But he's doing anything. it to get out of the doghouse. Why does he think he's in the doghouse? Does he think he's like naturally cursed? Does he think he... Does well, yeah. Think original he, sin. Is it because of the cigarettes? Well, okay. So <laughs> well, no, hold on, hold on. He says like he's sinned and he's done I think it's because he smoked cigarettes in the cathedral one time (laughs) and he thinks he's still making up for it (laughs) so okay first of all so did we all look this up and do we all know what he said in Latin and what who Graham Greene is yeah I looked up who Graham I have I have the uh, translation translation too so yeah he's he's saying all this stuff and then he's Pretty smoothly slips into this speaking Latin. There were some pronunciation problems, but <laughs> it was pretty good, I thought, uh, as a whole. Uh, do you want to do you want to read the translation? Okay, uh, he says he starts saying "Thank you, Lord." Gracias, Tibiago Domine. Which is weird because yeah. now he, then he goes on to trash him. Um, am I to believe these things from a righteous God, a just God, a wise God? Hey, Kratom, Adeo Pio, Adeo Justo, Adeo Shito. To hell with your punishments. I was your servant, your messenger on the earth. I did my duty. To hell with your punishments and to hell with you. That's all he says. That's all he says. That's what he says in Latin. Oh my God, there's so much more Latin. Right. But that's his poetic. Like he says... It's not, he, he literally says, may you go to a cross. Crucify your ass again. Yeah. So, okay. The whole thing here is they're hiding the extent to which he is, is doubling down as a character on his religiosity it, with Latin so as to not, I guess, alienate the more secular viewers. But this is such a, a ridiculous, this is such a, this is such a, so destructive to him as a character. It's a, I think it's such a crazy decision making process. Well, right, well, right. It's like, it's like first of all, I believe that God is just, and that therefore, if I do good things, He'll reward me with good outcomes. So that's ridiculous, right? And the, and the reason things aren't going well for me is because God is mad at right, me. Right, right. If and you it, believe right. God is just, why are you God fearing? All right, sorry. No, no. The I'm whole thing. The whole thing. It's really childish. It's like and. It, it completely eliminates his moral agency because he's not doing the right thing because he believes it's right and he wants to help other human beings. And he's it's like, it makes him not a humanist, right? A humanist does things because we're all kind of, it's very existential. It's like we're all suffering. We're all trying to live lives and survive and thrive and feel happiness and contentment. And we're all in, in this together and helping other human beings to avoid suffering, right? That's not his motivation. His motivation is 
First of all, how arrogant and presumptuous is it to say I'm here as God's messenger? He views himself as some sort of like prophet. Yeah, you're just yeah. the president of a country, dude. Like you have a lot of power, but that's not. He's the president because presumably he convinced the greatest number of people that he would do something to help them. I got like a different vibe from the scene. I thought that he was like disillusioned by a lot of this and just kind of like doing a like why thing, but like in a you know more complicated way. And then, well, he sort of is, yeah, right. yeah. That's and the then, first half of it, yeah. Right, no, the, fir- but then the first. Then I thought half he the, what the result of this is that he's like taking things into his own hands and like kind of he's rebelling the, against. He does, God. yes. He yeah. says, en- yeah, enough with you. I'm I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah. But then, but he also says, you get horns. I, yeah. I had to put on closed captioning. I thought you got odds. He got, but he says, so he says <laughs> to Hoynes. God, like, because of, you know, what you've done, fine. You want Hoynes? You got Hoynes. Right. Yeah. So he's not, he's Which sort I of, is, um, I think it's a great line. So he's sort of not uh, rebelling. And he's then, sort and, of just going with it. And fine. then he blasts a SIG. You guys ever think, what if the president blasted SIGs? Yeah, it would be pretty fucking crazy if you ask me. If the Pope wanted to blast SIGs sometimes. Get a little geeked off tobacco, you know? Oh, I never thought no, about that. No, because they do. Obama did. <laughs> yeah. Probably all the other ones did. Sig blasters, now, man. Here, one a, and all. I have a, and he just lights it and puts it out. He doesn't even smoke it. He takes it. one drive. Do you know what super drive. pisses me off about this whole thing, by the way? There is a discontinuity in the writing between, one, the use of the cigarette as a symbol for righteous rebellion, and the the plot line that one of the great things about Bartlett is he's funding or trying to fund the fight against oh my big God. tobacco. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's fucking good. ridiculous. That's funny. That's and there's funny. there's no accounting for that whatsoever. <laughs> so at this point in the storyline, the the viewer would be led to believe that the president is not going to be running for re-election based well, on what we've seen. Like obvi- I mean, obviously, if you just put on. But like, from the start of this episode, the very first scene. Leo is hinting that he knows somehow that he will. Run. Yeah, he just feels it. I guess it's like melodramatic, but it's I. I was blown away by this scene the first time I saw it. I it was. It's hard for me. I I wrote down the first time I watched it like this scene is tough for me. It's I, it's it's just hard. I I I can't I I I can't understand that mentality. Yeah. I just think that you know you like when. Something when you lose someone like that, you just want to yell like, "Why?" But you he's wanna... an adult. Like that's I did that. But like, like I did like, "Why can't I have this or that?" Like we all do that as children, right? Presumably, a sixty-five-year-old man would have already lost enough people in his life and had enough setbacks in his life. I mean, just his illness alone to to have already dealt with the the, the struggle that comes with. Well, isn't this a why is this such a, yeah. a world full of suffering? Yeah, I mean, but he, if right, she's he, supposed to be like a sibling to him. That's the different. That's not just like losing someone. Here we have the very educated, I mean, Catholic president dealing with at at, at in middle age or old age the problem of evil. It was like right, and well, like think about this a, a central question. Okay, we already know that Mrs. Landingham lost her sons in the war, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you like okay? And which war was it? Was it World War Two or Vietnam. was it Vietnam? Vietnam. Okay, so he meets Mrs. Landingham <laughs> in the fifties yeah. or sixties when she presumably has two sons. And then she loses those sons in an American misadventure slash war. But how is he? All, how is he not yet dealt with the the problem of evil? Right. But okay, I I had a lot of problems with the scene and with the president. But I also think what this episode is trying to show us is that the president, that the man, is really flawed. And through working with 
people like Mrs. Landingham, he is able to overcome those inherent failings and like and his like be natural a gifts better can man. be used to public good. Well, and later on, like... Mrs. Lanningham tells him, like, you know that God doesn't decide... Doesn't make d- car doesn't crashes. Doesn't make car crashes. Like, that's silly. And he, I guess he does know that. He understands. Know, that's, this, I guess what I'm saying is just let's take a step back from sort of the religion part and just say this feels like a writing cop-out, right? It's like they wanted to try to have him go through... A, a process for making a decision about whether to fight and to own the MS thing and to run or to sort of step away and admit that it was a mistake and it was wrong and let the party try to survive and recover. And instead of trying to write that as like, I don't know, a debate between the staff or between him and, and the first lady, it just ends up being this kind of weird yeah, I importation. Have, I would have liked to seen one of like the president's like, private deliberation scenes with leo when they're like uh, so there's a couple of things we can kind of get to the next scenes like senior staff is in toby's office and they're like game theorying out like what the possible scenarios are so it's like a and b a is he runs and we try to get past it b is like just admit that it was all fuck up like you were just saying like do it and just bail and Sam decides he wants to call. He's like, we should try to call it off still. And everybody's like, dude, we're like announcing this in like an hour. Like this is, this is happening. There's something Sam says. I think it's like an Aaron Sorkin tick. I want to bring it up again. Why? Cause I got shouted down the first three times and I work here just like you do. Can I help you? Can I help you? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so stupid sounding. Um, but they um, can't, but okay. it, but I did think that it was sort of shitty for CJ to jump down his throat earlier. Like wouldn't even let him, express his idea yeah. he's like hey i, I work here like that, too like i can talk like his you can talk response to every, he keeps saying it though and every time they're like it's too late for that pal like i just again here in this scene i was just reminded of the current administration they're having an apocalyptic strategy session you know just freaking out about how this scandal will rock the presidency and i just like think about how we've had a million scandals this past year and yeah. none of them matter at all None of them matter. People don't care about things like that. Like, but we think they do. Yeah. Well, oh, but I mean, okay. It's pretty widely known now that that Reagan, at least for a certain significant period of time, had dementia, or Alzheimer's, or whatever. Right? And nobody cares. Well, right. So people supposedly care, and they're like, "Oh, it was kind of weird that 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 wasn't publicly known, and that the super, super weird the staff was sort of coddling and almost considering the Twenty Fifth Amendment." He yeah. still considered the best Republican president right. of but you, the you modern think, era. You would think that if people cared, that that would be a requirement that that an independent physician keep keep the health of the presidential candidates private, but determine whether there are concerns. Mm-hmm. Right, but no, of course, no one really gives a shit at all, and people just want to win, and people kind of implicitly know that the president's just a figurehead, and that the party is what's really yeah. important. Deep state. So Toby, Toby has to kick everybody out because his meeting that they set up earlier is here. It's Greg Summer Hayes, and the, he is starting a news network. I'm launching a 24-hour cable news channel, and I'm building it to compete. And I'd like you to be the news director. I, is that the head? Is that the main person? Is I don't understand like, like what the, role that is. Is that uh, Roger Ailes? Yeah, I would Roger imagine. Um, and this would have been a much better version of the newsroom. <laughs> they should have oh just made God. this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could have done it. It would have been a spinoff. It would have been the exact same show, but with a better lead person. Toby's like, hell no. Like, this meeting's over. It's just a bad time for that. Um, but And we find out later kind of the, the context around it. 
Um, after that, there's Donna and Josh. There's like little thing on Josh's wall. His like wall is made up like a vote tally board. He has like a big chalkboard yeah. that has like permanently written like yay and nay columns on it. Which he's had that the whole time. I, I never really noticed yeah, that he, before. It's cool. Even like yeah, the, from the from the very first episode where they are, they just don't show that reverse shot back to that wall very often. Yeah, so I didn't notice it until now. Donna's like pretty distraught. Josh, can this really be how it works? We have no idea if he's going to run again. He's in a room with Leo making a decision. Two people in a matter of minutes. This is how it works. It's how it works today. And Leo calls. And Josh is on the line. Toby comes in screaming about the job offer thing, about how, like, Leo set him up or something. And we find out it is answer B, not run. So that's what they decided kind of in the room. He's not going to run. After that, there's, a there's like, post-interview. So, like, there would have been, like, a commercial break. And they come back, and the interview with the president and the first lady has already happened. And Leo, like, sets the president down in his office and kind of, like, puts him in timeout almost. He's like, sit here quietly and close your eyes. The news coverage is, like, really detached. Like, I feel like it's, they're very, like, there would be a lot more, like, political, like, people screaming and, like, freaking out, like, more panel-y stuff. But they're playing it pretty much as just straight, like, president said this, well, like, just news, running clips. News coverage has changed a lot in 20 years. It's all commentary now. Yeah. It's all news is. Like the A section of most primetime news shows is like a panel of people like here's some random person who's really opinionated arguing with somebody else who's really opinionated. It's a bad format. They also say like there's a moment in the news coverage too where they're like, oh, we're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> Chris Watson, can you tell us what we might expect to hear from the president in a few minutes? Wait, all right. Our apologies. We'll have Chris in a moment. Let's go. It's like we're gonna go oh, yeah, to we're gonna yeah. go to whatever his face for some live coverage. And it's like, oh, oh, sorry, Wait, we, can't, no. we can't we can't get him. And it's like just like yeah, right. What is that? I don't know. It was is a funny because, thing. Because like, yeah, I thought the storm took out the relay <laughs> tower. <or something. laughs> no, I thought like maybe the the White House is trying to like keep the news undercover until a certain time. Like, oh, they're fucking with the the, the satellite relay. No, I was more like. <laughs> It's a conspiracy. The, the the people that CJ brought into the office, like maybe she told them, no, you can't say this until X time or something. Mm. She had given them an embargo. I, I don't know. So here's a question. How do you prevent... So imagine you're the person that gets that um, interview, right? How do you not just say, are you going to run again? How did that question not come up in a half hour long interview? Even if they it was said... was part of the agreement. Mm -hmm. But still. Yeah. They're not going to cut the camera. <laughs> I think that happens all the time. You, you think they would? You think somebody would actually like not ask that question? Totally. It I seems, think. I think there's an agreement they, like, that ruin you pre their relationship. With yeah. The then White they House. won't get the next. Yeah. Still, that seems Act insane that they wouldn't ask. Even well, they're going to be around. Like so, like, how does this affect your future? Like, you can ask it in a really like abstract way. They would. I think all the questions had to be pre-approved, every single one, and what? every single answer rehearsed. Yeah. Once they wouldn't have agreed to it. Yeah, and, that's, that, and that's real. I mean, that we have yeah. we have like an access. It seems like pretty fucked up. So they have, but they haven't commented on re-election yet. So he hasn't made a statement one way or the other. Even though it's like he's had this like exposure with a ostensibly external person that could ask him questions about it. Um, there's a quick scene with Leo and Toby after that, and he's like, "Did you send this guy to offer me a job?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I sent him." Got your lifeboat. Did you imagine that there were any circumstances under which I would use it? 
No. And why? To show him that. Who is he talking about? The president? No, I think. Is he, he talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think, I, but I don't think he meant it that way. I think he meant it like I knew you wouldn't take it, but I needed to show the president. that yeah. that withdrawal was a viable option. That, no, like, no. His people. Would no, be I, no think I thought it was the, the pres- news guy. We'll stick by you no matter what. Well, that's what, what like, I thought too. And I was like, why do they have to prove to this guy that Toby's not going to take the job he's offering? Like, fuck Greg Summerhays. I no. show him. I think, but it's it's the president. Is it? Yeah. It's that your staff wouldn't even consider taking another job. We, even we're like not a good running one. away from even you. A, good one, a yeah. great job. We love yeah. you and we are here for you no matter what. I thought it was also, though, him trying to show, like, I guess, news outlets or whatever that that the, his staff is standing by him. You're like, don't try to poach our people, maybe? or Kind like- of that, but, like more you know we're we're in this together we're going to fight to like still get reelected and like we're a united front sort of instead of like you know the president's losing people like left and right after this revelation and making him look yeah. weak mm-hmm. you can go both ways toby says to leo he's like you think he's gonna run don't you and then they don't really follow up on that after that is president and donna uh, so the president was curious about this storm being out of season and uh the it's pouring outside and there's like leaves blowing sideways and stuff it's really pretty heavy storm so donna has been briefed a tropical storm is a cyclone in which the maximum sustained surface speed of the wind is 34 nautical miles per hour and there's a tropical storm season right yes sir it's june 1st to november 30th okay and how many times say in the last hundred years has a tropical storm come up the atlantic seaboard to washington in the middle of may According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, it hasn't happened in the last century. At all? No, sir. It doesn't seem that far off. It's like two weeks yeah. early, and they're like, it's so so freaking crazy. It's rare to be this early, and the president says it's a, uh, like, scientists, like, don't have any explanation for it. Well, it's Jesus. Jesus is bringing the storm. It's God. It's because that's it's like a sign from God. Yeah, I think that's, sign, that's, that's why, why I hate it. this so much, yeah. right? Because it's like he's making this decision See, based on I, fucking bullshit. I okay, that's probably what they were thinking in my mind. Even though, despite all the religious connotations, I thought, okay, he sees that there's this like you don't have to go the regular way. Like some like you could go a different way. You could be the guy who was the one in a hundred years who did what nobody thought you could do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you took this as nature is unpredictable. And so, so can events, human events, be unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't I, have I wish to that's stay what they were in your for. lane. Yeah. Uh, CJ comes in. Anything pre- could happen. Preps him on the final. Like, you're going to this press conference. You'll want to take the first question from Lawrence Altman, the Times' chief medical correspondent. Why? Because if you call on anyone else, the first question will be about re-election. Call on Altman. It'll be a medical question, and it'll have two or three follow-ups. It'll allow you to feel comfortable a little before you start with the political mess. Okay. There's another quick flashback. It's uh, Jed and his dad again, Lawrence O'Donnell. And he had written, Jed had written some editorial in the newspaper criticizing the literary professor for banning certain books. Um, There's some wordplay that... Ban Fahrenheit 451, which is about banning books. Was that supposed to be funny? That wordplay that you just did there, was that meant to be no, funny? It's not really any wordplay. He banned a book about banning books. That's yeah. not wordplay. That's a little bit. Um, he's like, was that supposed to be funny? And he slaps him right across the face. That meant to be no, funny. That was supposed to... He's, he hits him across the face. Yeah, o- open hand slap. And, then, and then the worst part is like you hit he hits him and then he's like, was there anything else? How's that for some wordplay? Yeah. I was like, that's also not wordplay. <laughs> 
This feels not far he, off from he caught like these hands. Lauren O'Don- Lawrence O'Donnell in real life. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so he goes in to talk about Miss Lanningham's thing, and then he says, "Was there anything else?" I thought he was going to bring that up again. Was there anything else? It's not a non-denominational service. Don't start with this. <laughs> That's the thing he's stuck on. Catholics don't believe man is saved through faith alone. Catholics believe that faith has to be joined with good works. You're the only one who seems to mind the service. I'm the only one who's Catholic. You're Catholic because your mother is and you're at this school because I'm the headmaster. How's that for clever with words? That was wordplay, right? You're you're only Catholic because your mother is and you're only here because I'm the headmaster. Is that wordplay? Does that mean he's not Catholic? I don't Catholic? think so. I mean, he seems to think it is because then he says, how's that for wordplay? I, mm. I mean, is wordplay just like, any use of words. words I think of yeah. I think of it's just talking. It's just talking. Yeah, I yeah. think more of like puns. There's no puns. There's no real cleverness. Like I guess he repeats the same word. Like, no, nah, I don't think so. It's very subtle wordplay. So yeah. and right. I guess he doesn't really approve of the Catholicism. I'm I find it weird. Does he just really love his mother? Like why is he so into the Catholicism at this young age? Why is he so attached to it? Like maybe it could be that he lived with his mother who do- like this is a boarding school. Yeah. Right. So it's like when he was young and not at the boarding school where his father is the headmaster and also lives, mm-hmm. he was living separately with his mother. Also, mm-hmm. his dad's a dick. So, like, maybe his mom's nice. Yeah. He latched on. Like, that's what made her nice. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's all the flashbacks we get. We just find out his dad is like really shitty and slaps him. Um, we flash forward. We're in the Oval Office. And wouldn't you know it, that ding dang door <laughs> is broken oh. again. flies open water's coming in windy he says mrs landingham and then we say mrs landingham because she comes in the door (laughs) as a ghost (laughs) she's a ghost right yeah she's because he just talks to her yeah this is where the president has a stroke (laughs) and and it shows like during the scene while they're having a conversation there's one point where he's he's just sitting alone and she's not even there and then she's suddenly there again Full on ghost. So she kind of wants him to run, it seems like. She's pro running again and she's asking him kind of leading questions. Are you in a tough spot? Yes. Do I feel sorry for you? I do not. Why? Because there are people way worse off than you. Give me numbers. I don't know numbers. You give them to me. How many Americans don't have health insurance? 44 million. What's the number one cause of death for black men under 35? Homicide. How many Americans are behind bars? Three million. How many Americans are drug addicts? Five million. All these things that he presumably cares about and can help. And they there's a callback to the give me numbers thing. And she's like, you give them to me. And then she doesn't care. She's not sympathetic to his plight because there are people that are suffering yeah. far more. So she's like, she's like his moral core she brings it back like reminds him that it's not about him she puts everything into perspective for him and seems to have all his life a bit too and as as she's leaving she says like but if you don't run because you think it's going to be too hard or you think you're going to lose well god jed i don't even want to know you which is something that uh she said 50 years ago that somehow she remembers. I, I feel like these would, it should have been things that they set up a few times in this show before that. that She's like a ghost. Right. Common thing. <laughs> She's a ghost. Ghosts have freaking great memory, <laughs> but he remembers it probably. Yeah. Um, and then he walks outside and there's a really, really, I think fantastic musical cue. Oh God. 
God, this song it's like, ruins the end of the what I, it's I, think it's, I think it's perfect. Okay, look, I I I, I, I went back. And I listened forth to that whole album this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Dire Straits. Oh God, I can't. I thought so I can too. no longer support this song. Look, I, I wanted to say it was terrible, and then sometimes you're watching it, and that terrible guitar lick is going it's on, great. and I, it's moving you, so and it's really moving. I, 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 I waver between this is the worst song, and they should use any other song, it was, it was and a it's bold the perfect choice, song. It's perfect. Don't, but don't, don't use a song. Let the awkwardness, let the awkwardness of him going up to that podium with everyone just like, Waiting with bated breath to see what he's going to say in this like bizarre, unprecedented situation. But when you hear that smooth lick, lead up to the it, the acting like, in this ugh. whole scene is so powerful and so great. And then there's this cheesy ass song. So the song is "Brothers in Arms" by Dire Straits. Um, Can we I, hear some? And there's yeah, a guitar solo in it. The there's a guitar solo, yeah. which last night we were just talking he, about how much guitar solos suck. It's, it's Mark a, Knopfler is the best guitar soloist. He does the guitar solo on St. Elmo's Fire by Brian Eno. Which is like, the Another best guitar solo ever. Um, and uh, also St. Elmo's Fire is a oh, well, Rob yeah, Lowe yeah, movie. Right. Yeah. So, by the way, there's a we'll reason no him. one has covered that song. No one's even tried to cover that song. Because nobody can fucking play that guitar yeah. solo. Fucking Santana could do it. Or no one could bring the, the vocal heat. Um, so what I like about that song, though, is the song does not betray what the outcome of the scene is going to be. Yeah. It works as a sad, like somber song, and it's like an upbeat. It's like so melancholy, but also optimistic. Like it just has the it hits that tone like right with the scene has. It's, I think it's what's a what choice. is this uh, genre of music called? Like adult contemporary that's, rock. That's oh, like rock it's so music. contemporary. Nah, you take it back. What if they played the uh, the other Dire Straits, the Money for Nothing Chicks for Free song? That I, w- <laughs> I would be into. I just think it's such a... It is a bold choice, but it's so unfortunate to choose a song that does not age well. It does not age Like at all. Can we... This is right in the lane with somebody's going to emergency, somebody's going to jail. Yeah, bad. Like a bad idea. They're in the same genre. It's But it's so funny that this is like the early odds. Very similar tones. And they're actually. choosing like people have old like eighties adult contemporary. But it's not even that. It's like even at that very moment in time, people have wildly different tastes in music, right? It's like you're alien. Why would you choose a particular thing that you find moving as as like a privileged white person oh, or whatever? I mean, that's and making... then alien risk alienating a bunch of people who don't have the well, same no, musical I taste mean, as you. They do that's why people like have classical orchestral, orchestral music. Stuff, yeah. yeah, that's why you score a movie that way because it's like Can unobjectionable. We find a, a version of the scene with different songs. Yeah, we should. And, and I'm going to do the money for nothing chicks for free. I want to hear that <laughs> definitely. And then let's do something really somber, maybe uh, maybe something orchestral. Yeah, I just think it it. Aside from the song just like not being a good song in my opinion, it just having like a song with lyrics in it just really distracted from the scene. Like I don't need you to like tell me how to feel right now. I can feel how I'm gonna feel. Did you by hear the guitar this. solo though? Oh yeah, that really struck a chord. <laughs> get it? No. So the I president don't walks outside <laughs> as this music is coming on, and he gets baptized again for oh. the very first time. Oh, this was at baptism. Yeah, oh, no. baptism in gets... fire, as the lyric says at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it perfect. does. Baptisms of fire. Oh, see, I should have listened to the song, and then I would have got it. Um. So he's 
he's about to go on, on a press conference and he wants to like kind of look professional. So he wants like, to get wet. He wants to be soaking, he wants to get real soaking wet. Soaking wet. So the uh, Charlie comes out and tries to give him his coat and he like ignores that and just walks away. Like, get away from me, and mom. There is um I think maybe my favorite Charlie moment of the entire series is when Charlie takes his coat off to like president's gonna be soaking wet i'm gonna be soaking wet i go home when you go home i i think it's a great like solidarity thing and then everybody else comes out and like leo is like i'm gonna put my coat on man (laughs) leo doesn't care (laughs) like it's so subtle but also very uh, informative of charlie's style they go to the press conference cj is answering questions so she says a special prosecutor is going to be appointed um like they're going to pick Republicans, and then Republican judges are going to choose from a pool. So they're trying to be, you know, nonpartisan about it. Just like today's but it's also uh, super, special prosecutor. It's also super partisan, though, by saying, like, yes, <laughs> yeah. by saying it has to be Republican. Just the other partisan. Yeah. It's like reinforcing partisanship, even though you're, like, explicitly being, like, nonpartisan. But could you imagine if, uh, in this exact scenario, they had chosen Justice Stevens? <laughs> The, one of the most liberal justice on the Supreme Court by the time he retired, who was, I think, appointed by Nixon. Yeah. Mm. Meanwhile, the current president is really mad that... A Republican is investigating him? Yeah. <laughs> but, but now he's like the worst Republican. Yeah. Because he's investigating. Right. Okay. So the motorcade pulls up, uh, or actually, we see it driving kind of across town, and it drives by the cathedral, and there's a janitor... Finds the butt. Finds the cigarette butt, and he looks, and then he looks out at the president, like at the exact same time. The, what in the world? What a dick! That must have been. <laughs> that must have been this guy's cigarette. You don't show that, like the president littered, and some like minimum wage worker had to pick it up. Yeah. They Ugh. pull up. Uh, Carol gives a nod to CJ. The president walks in. Um, all the cameras are flashing and the shutters and stuff. And then we get a really long shot with an over the guitar solo of the medical reporter. And he's like this doofy old sweet man. And it's a really like lingering shot on him. But, he does, but he doesn't ask him. He asks Nancy a question. Sandy. And, Sandy. Yes, Sandy. Mr. President, can you tell us right now if you'll be seeking a second term? He puts his hands in his pockets. He stares off. And then Leo's like, watch this. And they do another 180 around him. And they land with a flag in the background. And the guitar and it's solo a great is shot. You hear fucking kicking ass. Licks. Yeah. But then he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. And then... And that's the end of the season. And then that's it. You have to wait for the whole next season. But you know. You yeah. know. They, well, they I mean, I think I know, but me. I didn't see it. Do they do, they do the then... doodle-a-doot? Doodle-a-doot? I mean, they must have. No, I don't... They might have stuck They might have stuck with the song. No, I don't think they doodle a doot did. No. I don't remember a doodle a doot I do not remember a doodle a doot Oh, my God. Let's see. I want to see. I guess they didn't do the doodle a doot at the end of the last season. First season finale. Oh, oh like yeah. Guitar. This is what I wanted. Santana could totally we went do way this. too far right? back. <laughs> this is like Eric the beginning of the montage. <laughs> no, the song again. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hey! We got a doodly doot. And the credit <laughs> shot is of the interior of the cathedral, the fog shot. So that is the episode. And it's on kind of, I mean, it's not really a cliffhanger, but they don't make it I super I think it's explicit. cliffhangery. I mean, obviously... They're signaling strongly, but he never says it. And this well, because they said Miss Miss Handyham's thing earlier, hmm. where she says, "When you yeah. made up your mind to do something, right. you put your hands in your pockets and right. smile." And, and he puts Leo, his hand in his pocket I actually smile. just yeah. realized that 
now that that's what he yeah. did. So it's oh. it's subtle, it's subtle, but it's like it's there if you're looking for it. Um, so that is that. So headlines. But I went to. Uh, oh, you got something else? Uh, so I just want to say, I, on that issue, I didn't watch the next episode. Okay. But I I want I wanted to, and I looked at it, and it. Nope. It has nothing to do. There's it's, a, it's there's a yeah. crisis. They, there's they, nothing they, to they do. Ex, they explain. You'll see why it's okay. like that. Yeah. It has to do with I September 11th. Wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I wanted to keep episode. it. I wanted to keep it for the next episode. So I did not watch. I did not oh want God. it to impact my it's, views it, on this episode. It's really weird. Spoiler. I I don't like the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> next episode is absolutely the worst episode of the entire series. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. I'm so excited. I can't wait. No, but it's it's gonna be so much fun to talk about. Yeah, the okay. bad episodes. Are headlines. So, last night I said I had a lot of headlines. I don't. Okay. It was hard. I have I have one that I think is fantastic. <laughs> Four more years in a funeral. Oh, <laughs> nice. Good. That's all I got. <laughs> I have um, pivotal pockets. <laughs> oh wait, did we did we both do? P-based alliteration. Ooh, I don't know. Let's hear it. P-heads. President prays poorly, puffs impetuously, and perils party. Whoa. That's like, I Super mean, that P. beats my two-word alliteration. I have a couple headlines. They're basically very similar. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the MS mm-hmm. issue. So I called him Mr. President, but just MS. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. And then on that same idea, I went with a more funny line. We thought we could do the whole front page. We'd dress him up as a horse. We'd have him <laughs> saying nay. You know, we'd put a horse head on him and make, and we'd call him Mr. Jed. No, Mr. Nice. Jed. That's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I <laughs> have... Really conveys the gravity of the moment. <laughs> yeah. It explains the news. Yeah. Um, okay, this one's like hard to say. Winds whirl while white, while president throws nation for a whirlwind. Ooh, I like that. And then uh, that's a wordplay. It is. That's wordplay. See, that is that's, a wordplay. That's how you wordplay. Nice. Um, and then White House begins construction to relocate Washington Monument inside <laughs> cathedral. <laughs> oh, I would. Uh, I meant to say uh, the monologue thing. They set up. That this is like a super long building, so that they can do that <laughs> tracking shot yes. behind him. Yeah. And they're That's like, funny. What is this building? Yeah, otherwise, you would be like, This is this is been be walking for like five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did want to say, like, we're. I felt really weird about that scene. I know Jason did, but it is essentially a monologue, which is like a plot device. It's an old. It's, it's an ancient. It's Shakespearean. It's so Shakespearean. Yeah. Like you do not usually see that in modern media. So yeah. it feels weird to us yeah. because it's unnatural. It's high drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess. I guess like what I'm saying is like it's just. It's just okay. It that scene is certainly a, a scene that could be in like a play or a different yeah. kind of show. But this is not a show that speaks in like literary devices. Usually, this is a pretty literal show. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's just I don't. But know. when it's, they, it's I, just I, I feel like, like this whole out. episode like kind of r- ramps up. So final thoughts. Um, I think this episode's fantastic. Oh wait, sorry, 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 sorry. This one more. Bartlett's <laughs> secret life. Great cigarette caper. Because he's throwing <laughs> cigarettes all over the place. <laughs> I get it. No, I get okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Final thoughts. See, when he threw the cigarette out and left it for the minimum wage worker to clean up. Yeah. That's Bartlett being shitty Bartlett what he really needs that's when he's being an egoist and when he's forgotten the lessons taught him by Mrs. Lanningham it's all he's thinking it's all about him he needs to do then another... later he has the realization when he talks to her ghost 
and then he becomes good Bartlett. And he starts picking up so, his own cigarettes. Yeah, that that he is a dick because he's not thinking about other people. So before before we give our final thoughts, there's something that we glossed over that I think is a perfect example of the problem with the West Wing and and not only the West Wing but liberals in general. Ooh. Leo's okay. name thing. No. So okay. <laughs> In the flashback where Mrs. Landingham, young Mrs. Landingham, was talking to young Jed Bartlett about the pay gap, mm-hmm. right? He's trying to refute or push back on her view that it's unfair that women get paid less than men, seemingly across the board at the college. Yeah, because they don't got to support kids and stuff. Right. Okay. So <laughs> women don't she, have to support kids. Right. So he, well, right. So he starts throwing these different concepts out. And one of the concepts is, well, Maybe it should be, you know, based on who has the greatest need to support children. Like uh, so-and-so is single and, and doesn't have any children to support. No. The other guy has a bunch of children, right? And then the way that Miss Landingham is written to refute that concept <laughs> is, but then the groundskeeper would have the highest income. And that's ridiculous. She's and a Catholic they, like you. She fucks like then they just They just skip right over that. They... <laughs> It's, I didn't. It I totally ass- missed that. It's assumed yeah. in the way that it's written. I never thought about it before either. But now we are, you know, overanalyzing every single episode. <laughs> that all, the entire liberal audience is going to go, yeah, it of would course. be ridiculous for the why for should the, the groundskeeper make more money? Yeah, like that's yeah, obviously that's a shitty job. Why obviously, we can't have a system labor and not just right, using we, their mind. It's obviously paid. ridiculous to have a system where the person with the greatest need for for resources would actually get paid that way because they also have the lowest Wait, status. Is a groundskeeper a woman and has a lot of children? Is that? It, the I mean, deal? supposedly it's a guy and he has you know, a million kids. But okay. the point is. Like, why not? There's no, there's no coherent reason why you should be paying people based on their gender yeah, equally. You should be paid based on how many kids you have. Not based on merit, which is supposedly the position that, that like, uh, the, the modern liberal takes, which is we live in a meritocracy and based Lol. on the, the value and, and the hard work that you put in, that's how you should be compensated. We don't think everyone should be paid equally. Right, we don't live in that society. We live in a society where it's okay to have pay inequality, but it should be based because on some people merit work harder and not based on arbitrary physical features like gender. Right, but then they're articulating, I think, a, a socialist position, which is let's pay people based on their actual needs to feed their children. Yeah. Welcome to the resistance, and that Jed is, Bartlett. That is laughed away in a one in one line without even a moment's thought. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just I just wanted to mention that's right. that's the problem. All right, um, I'm glad she died. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I love this episode. Um, this is like uh, one of my favorite episodes of any TV show, pretty much. I think it's it's so highfalutin, and it, I think they pull it off. And it's like it's really risky. How like weird it's a weird structure it has that crazy monologue in the middle and i think it all works it's a fabulous <laughs> it, pick, it picks that crazy song at yeah. the end i mean we nitpick it because that's what we do but i th- i think the acting is phenomenal it's, yeah. it's really moving it's really really well done it's it like it's so it. somber it like sells it, it notwithstanding the problems with the the structure yeah, yeah. and script and i think that scene i mean the in the cathedral that you guys had issues with like Mar- i think it's it's successful because of the acting in it. It would be, yeah. it could be super cheesy and like weird, you know, and out of place. But Martin Sheen really sells it. Whoever switched the the most bizarre portions of that monologue into Latin, that <laughs> was a good idea. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and it is very um, it's focused in a way West Wing episodes aren't. There is not a B plot in this episode. It's only well, there's Haiti. There's, there's a storm. There is a two lines about Haiti. There is no development. It's only there to trigger the flashback, and then it's over. Like yeah. there's no, there's nothing about, there's no other plots in this episode. There's no Josh and Donna, like goofy, like explain shit to me. There, I mean, I guess there's the storm. The storm. Yeah. But that's that, not even, a, that's, that's only where like, Donna's the official weather information service right. in the White House. Yeah. And yeah, she's like, I have to go to this <laughs> building to find out what tropical storms yeah. are. It's like, it's like so pre-internet. Like yeah. anybody could find that out in two seconds now. But like. It, this is a, a very tightly focused it's like it's about the president and his decision about whether or not to run again and it's like the things that are he's thinking about to make that decision and that's, I guess that's you the could episode. say it's that and landing him's funeral sure but that's all different in service things. of that but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but, but in the same way that all the, the plots are usually thematically tied together yeah but I just this is a there's it's a very tight episode by West Wing standards or like very focused on plot lines and it works really really well yeah what do you think about the 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 fact that that West Wing is calling back to the FDR model of boy king the, with the boy king thing right because it's like FDR was wealthy part of the the you know the his, aristocracy his cousin was and he president. betrayed his class in order to help the the little guy he like he Buddha. really did redistribute wealth away from the aristocracy and to the poor and the workers I don't think Bartlett is anywhere close to that economically though well but that but the uh, but the the concept that they're articulating is you know you have it all you could just live your life without worrying about other types of people and just look out for yourself and you'd have a, a charm yeah life. the thing about like why do you work here why do you and keep he, fighting and fighting? he says because i feel like i'm i'm privileged so i need to like give something back right well and, and and also the metaphor of getting slapped but continuing to just keep fighting even though it's hard and even though it's painful and even though you're going to get slapped over and over again as you fight for justice throughout your life, you're going to just keep fighting. I think someone once said, I get knocked down, yeah, <laughs> but I get up again. Right. But what do you think you're about... You're never going to keep me down. down. Do, do you think that that's a, a, a sustainable or healthier <laughs> or just a, just a good thing to want from a leader? Yeah, resilience. No, no. What I mean is you're, they're, one of the, they're one of the groups of people that are I guess the enemy, but they're gonna betray like, their kind. That's why I'm a, yeah. that's why I'm Help a big us. Andrew Cuomo fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, Rand Paul. Yeah. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that story is oh, is just another way of of maintaining the status quo because it's incredibly unlikely? Yeah, I and I also think that like you know, it, even though they're a rich person or whatever privileged person wants to give back, it's very difficult for them to really put themselves in someone else's shoes that's much more underprivileged than they are, you know, and really understand it unless like, and to do something about it. They they might have like empathy, but it, yeah. I don't know. I think there's nuances of like poverty and stuff that they would never understand. And maybe it's very difficult to fix if you've never experienced it yourself before. I much prefer a, like someone who, you know, but even, pulled up by their bootstraps. But even people that like kind of come from the like middle i mean i don't think we've ever had a poor president wasn't bill clinton kind of poor oh i guess he was growing up yeah but he was pretty well ensconced by then by the he had time. made he a had lot been of the money. governor and stuff right. but like i mean thinking like oh even like obama was like there was like a oh, big very political wealthy. thing of like oh we paid off our college loans like 
two years ago. Right. Like we're we understand like where people are coming from, and he was like totally corporatist and like. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a two two successful attorneys who were making well above six figures before yeah. he ran for public office. Right, it's not. But I mean that's the problem, right? Like money is money is overtly used by the United States government in the form of, you know, foreign aid to like preemptively con- to preemptively start controlling, right? So it's like we get you addicted to the money and then you become accustomed to it and then the implicit threat of losing it by betraying our our interests is enough to control you without there ever being a real conflict. And that we do that on a on a an individual level uh with people right so it's like once you start getting people addicted to having access to that money they're not going to betray the people that are providing it to them yeah but i think though with like people who are sort of born rich there's a different um mindset of like a and even more of a fear of losing that money because you've had the security blanket your entire life you don't know what it's like to not have it but that 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 idea plays into the the fdr hero savior myth because it's like only a person who's so wealthy that it couldn't get taken away from them could take the kind of risks that FDR took to betray the powerful. I guess. I I mean, you get a mixed bag, right, with like super rich people like that. Some of them haven't worked a day in their life and don't know how to how to really work hard. Right. And keep their money. Uh, I think the the argument for that is that you have these like deep connections built in too. And I don't think they established that with Bartlett that he has these like familial connections right. to like the ruling class and the way that Roosevelt like played up. It's like, I, I know these people, I can talk to them. I can well, in, cut deals with in them. In earlier episodes, I guess they talk about how he like founded the state of New Hampshire, his family. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they don't really show that. Well, that's not a father. powerhouse and like national right. political power. He's not like a, a There's definitely with Bartlett. Like, I think the thing that conservatives hate like the most about liberals is that he is so they're portraying him as so like hyper intelligent that he's like, I know better than like, you know, for yourself how to fix your problems. You know what I mean? And yeah. The technocrats. Yeah. And which like, yeah, I'm sure it takes a very educated person to fix like a really complex problem that creates a lot of inequality and poverty. It's just hard to say how they can put aside their own self-interest. I mean, you don't have to, as Trump said, be that intelligent. You could just hire the best people. <laughs> Clearly, you don't you just have hire to be the best people, the, the absolute <laughs> best Trump. people, and they'll just help you to do it, to solve the problems for you. Yeah, so you can look like an idiot on the outside and then have really smart people making all the decisions yeah. for you. And, and, and it's, fi- it's, it, it's pretty easy for someone dumb to detect truly smart people and make sure they hire them. I guess. I mean, the president isn't going to be the person writing the laws and stuff. There's like a huge reliance on that. And there's so something to be said about being like a good editor and like a yeah having taste, but not necessarily having like the technical ability. I think like a lot of tech things are like that. Like, sure. Or even any famous inventor in history has like not actually been like a scientist or an inventor. No, it's, it's true that you have to really be more of a CEO figure than a than an in the weeds expert on a particular issue. Yeah. To be a good you need manager. like a bullshit detector and like a basic empathy. Yeah, but that's the problem. It's that you kind of have to be smart to be, to have a good bullshit detector. Yeah, I guess so. Anyways, solid app, mm-hmm. good stuff. Uh, I think. So, you, how do you think this paid off the the season? Do you think it the build up had a good culmination? Yeah, I I do. I think I'm I'm. It's hard for me to imagine where it'll go next. We'll right. see. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm imagining it's a lot of special prosecutor stuff. I don't know, like we're seeing in the news today. I, I don't know. 
I feel like this does the same thing that they did in the last season finale, where the 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 culmination of the first season is we're getting to like the tail wagging the dog. We're following the whims of the polls when really what we should be doing is ignoring the polls and just going what we believe in. Let Bartley be Bartlett and good things will happen when we just do what we believe is right and fight for what what's important. And then they're like, wait, wait, we don't really know how to pay that off in this show. So let's just do some massively distracting thing that creates a cliffhanger. And then when we come back and give you the resolution of that dramatic cliffhanger, you'll sort of be like a little more vague on on the promises we kind of articulated mm-hmm. in that that prior episode. That's kind of what's happening here, where the whole season is culminating in this, you know, in-house council preparing them for this very interesting detailed political onslaught and rather than sort of show you the beginning of that paying off they're like wait wait let me give us the whole off season to write that and yeah. uh we'll leave you with this kind of dramatic but kind of but one-off thing they address that pretty thoroughly over the course of the next season yes at least, I, and, for at least the next at least the first half and that's what so, i'm setting yeah. up for is is whether they abdicate their responsibilities like they do with let bartlett be bartlett or whether they end up actually yeah paying off that that political plot point yeah okay so that's about all i have to say about that um so this is the end of season two for end us of season two we've we done two yeah. full seasons folks 44 episodes we watched the tv for you um we've done 44 episodes of this podcast Wowzers. yeah wow. um i'd imagine we'll do a little bit of a off season break for a short period of time we should celebrate <laughs> All right, let's pop open. Yeah, we drink to songs that remind us of the good times. We drink to songs that remind us of the better times. So I'm gonna have a whiskey drink. Yeah, you're gonna have a lager drink. Maybe a vodka drink (laughs) and a cider drink. Yeah, I'll take the cider drink. Cool. Okay, so thanks for listening, uh, everybody. It's been it's been fun, Uh, and we will be back at some point in the future. We love you. Bye. (laughs)